Lukutu Sikha is Chelek Tazayan, Parshava Eira Sikha Hei, a summary of the Sikha. In regards to the Makas that Hashem brought upon them, the Egyptians, we find in the, we say it in the Haggadah, that there's a Machlegis between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Lezer says that every Makah was made up of four separate Makas. So, Dam was four elements of Dam. Tzvadeya, four elements of Tzvadeya. And then Rabbi Akiva goes even further, that each one was made up of five Makas. So an explanation is given of what is the meaning of this machlaikis, and he explains it this way. The Kolbeit quotes some, the Malamed that says this way: the makas were, according to Rabbi the makas went down to the elements, to the to the core elements of what makes up reality. So we know that there is Eish, Ruach, Mayim, and Offer. There is fire, gas, or air. Uh, water and earth those are the elements which make up everything so the maka didn't simply reach let's say in the case of water and that turned to blood it didn't just attack water but it attacked the very elements which make up water which are made up of four elements it attacked each one of those elements separately and Rabbi, that's why it was four. And the Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva says that it even attacked what's called the Kayachi Yuli, the very concept, the very idea of water. Even before you get to the elements, to the elemental level, that just the very concept of water was also attacked in the Makkah. Since the purpose of the Makkah was in order to break down the uh, corruption of Mitzrayim, the impurity of Mitzrayim, that's what the idea was. So therefore, according to according to that understanding that we just said now, the question is how deeply did the corruption and the contamination of Mitzrayim reach into Mitzrayim itself? Was it just um, on, the, that on an elemental level that whatever makes up any element of Mitzrayim, each one of the four elements was corrupt down to its core and therefore had to be broken down through the Makkah? And according to Rabbi Kiva, it goes even further that the very concept went even deeper. That just the very idea of everything, the corruption of Mitzrayim, went down to such a deep level that just the idea of something was already seen and corrupted by the Mitzrayim. And therefore the Makkah had to reach into the very concept, the very core idea of that as well. Now this idea can also be seen in the prohibition of Chometz on Pesach can be related to the prohibition of Chometz on Pesach. And we know that the prohibition of Chometz on Pesach is related also to the corruption of Mitzrayim, to the tomb of Mitzrayim. We see something about the, <clears throat> the prohibition of Chometz on, on Pesach reaches not only that you're not allowed to eat Chometz, not only that you're not allowed to have any other kind of benefit uh, from Chometz, but even that it's not allowed to be in your possession at all, the prohibition of Balyarabayamatsa, which is the reason that you have to burn, you have to get rid or destroy any chametz that is your in your possession. What is the difference between these three types of prohibitions, whether it's just that you're not allowed to eat it? That means that the prohibition, the tumma, the thing the objectionable part of this whatever it is that Hashem prohibits you from eating, only attaches itself to its function. It functions as food, and so you can't have any connection to that function. You're not allowed to eat it, which means the the objectionable part of it, the evil, the ra of it, only invades its function, but not its elements, the things which make it up. 
So therefore, it's not Osir Bano. You can use it in any other way other than its simple function of food. If you say that it's also Osir Bano, that means that if you're not allowed to have any benefit from it, that means that the, the, whatever it is that's objectionable about it, the tumma of it, or the, the evil of it, the Ra of it, even penetrates any other function that it has besides for its obvious function of food even any kind of function is contaminated and therefore you're not allowed to have any you're not allowed to use it in any way if you say that you're not allowed to even own it you have to destroy it that means that its very existence is permeated by Ra and therefore never mind that you can't eat it never mind that you can't even use it in any way because then you would be using that evil for your own benefit. You're not allowed to even own it because its very existence is contaminated. We also find in the mitzvah of destroying chametz that there's a machlegis between Rabbi Yehuda and the other sages. Rabbi Yehuda says the only way to destroy chametz once Pesach has set in, or once the uh, noon t- from noon time on erev Pesach, when chametz is prohibited is that you have to burn it in fire you only, that's the only way you can destroy it there's a mitzvah to destroy chametz before that time you can destroy it any way you want, you can sell it, you can eat it you can do whatever you want to get rid of it but once Pesach has set in there's only one way or once the Isra of chametz has set in there's only one way to destroy it which is to burn it the other sages say no you can also crumble it up and spread it to the wind or throw it into the ocean so the Raghachov explains the Machlech is based on the fact that Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda says that you have to destroy the very, the very existence of chametz. That's why you have to burn it. That gets rid of the very existence of the chametz. But the other sages hold that you only have to get rid of the function of the chametz, of its appearance, of its function of chametz. And therefore, if you, crumb, you grind it up and you throw it to the wind, nobody can, will be able to eat it, nobody will be able to use it for any other benefit, and therefore, you've already com- finished the mitzvah. So obviously this also could tie into the same idea. Why does Rabbi Yehuda hold that it has to be burned to its very, down to its core essence? Because he holds that the contamination of Chametz reaches down into its very existence, into very existence, and therefore you have to get rid of the, uh, the Isur down to its very existence. You have to burn it. The Chachamim hold that it only reaches, the contamination only reaches to its functionality and therefore get rid of the functionality and you've got, gotten rid of the chametz. Which of course, so you could say that uh, Rabbi Yehud, the, the Chachamim hold like Rabbi Lezer which says that the makas were only a four because they only, only had to go down to the elemental level which means any kind of functionality of that of uh, Mitzrayim was contaminated and so you have to destroy any kind of functionality but Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva goes according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda which is that when you burn the chametz, you have to burn its very core essence which means never mind its functionality its very existence is corrupt and therefore it has to be burned and that's why you're also it had to de- dig deep down into the very concept of chametz rather than just the function of Chametz or of Mitzrayim rather the concept of everything in Mitzrayim rather than just the function of everything in Mitzrayim 
The same idea can also be carried into the when we talk about an isarano, something which is prohibited by the Torah from having any benefit. There are two ways in which that can be um, practiced. There is the concept of that isarano only translates to something which could lead to eating in some way. Not the eating of this thing, but any kind of eating. So, Isarano means you're not allowed to sell it. Why can't you sell it? Because when you sell it, you have money. With money, you can buy food. So any kind of benefit that you would derive from this thing, from chametz, which could lead to eating, is prohibited. Or another way, but if it doesn't lead to eating, it wouldn't express itself in eating something. Like, for instance, what would be an example? if you have chametz and you want to get rid of it by feeding it to dogs with the wild dogs the street dogs they, it's not your responsibility you have no personal benefit from it at all if it was your dog and you feed him uh, chametz so then you saved yourself money on a can of dog food and now you could use that money to buy food for yourself so that would be a problem but if it's a dog which you have no responsibility, you don't have to feed them, and therefore it doesn't save you any money, and you have no personal benefit, so it doesn't lead in any way to your uh, eating of anything. And therefore that might be uh, permitted. So we find, in fact, that the Yerushalmed is a machloikis on this matter, whether one is allowed to feed uh, chametz to a wild dog because you don't have any benefit from yourself. There are two opinions. One says you're allowed to, one says you're not allowed to. So we could say that the same, that machlegas is also dependent on what we're talking about. If you say that the prohibition of chametz extends only to its function, so then if, it's, if the way that you rid yourself of the or if the way that you use it is something which could lead to a function of eating for you, so then that's prohibited. But if it doesn't have any function, it doesn't provide any function to you personally, that you can, it can't lead to your eating, so then that would be per, per, permitted. According to the other opinion, according to, goes according to Rabbi Kiva, which says that the contamination of chametz, because of contamination of Mitzrayim, led to its very, reached down to its very core essence as an existence. So it doesn't matter whether you have function of it at all. Chametz is prohibited in any way, shape, or form. You're not allowed to feed it to wild dogs either, even though you will have no function from it because the very existence of chametz, the very idea of chametz, is completely prohibited because it's contaminated. Which could explain also the, who is the other opinion. Rabbi Yaisi Agludi starts off the discussion in the in the uh, in the Haggadah, and he says, "How do we know that each of the makas that were in Mitzrayim uh, were were ten makas, and then on uh, at the sea there were fifty makas?" Because there were ten of Mitzrayim and then the hand of Hashem, which is five times as many, so there were fifty. Which means that he holds that in Mitzrayim the Makkah was just one, which means it only struck the actual, uh, let's say in the case of water and blood that turned into blood, the water was struck. But not even the element of that make up water was struck. There was no need to strike it because the contamination didn't reach deep into even to the elemental level, and therefore there was no need to strike that. 
he, Rabbi, Rabbi Yaisi Aglili is the one that says that chametz is not asr chametz is not prohibited from benefit. You can have any other benefit from it except for eating. So we, which works perfectly. He holds that the only thing that the Mitzrayim contaminated was the actual function of, uh, the primary function of things as they were. So therefore, food, you're not allowed to eat it. But any other function, you're allowed to have from chametz, which means that it wasn't, it didn't penetrate down to the, to any other function, to the deeper level of function. Therefore, he holds that the makis only had to reach into the general purpose of something, like water just functions as water, but on the elemental level, which could have other ramifications of other uses and so on, other combinations, that over there it didn't matter. It, so it works perfectly with Rabbi Yisiaglili that he only holds one maka, one level of maka, because he holds that even chametz can be used in any other way. And this um, understanding of this matter can also explain another thing. There are different madrashim which when they list the four goliaths, the four different exiles that the Jewish people were under, there are some, most madrashim don't list Mitzrayim as one of the four. In other words, that Mitzrayim supersedes all the other four. And then there are the four which are the Golos Bavel, Babylonian Golos, the Golos Paras, the Persians were, uh, we were under their dominion for a while, and then there was the Golos of the Greeks, then there was the Golos of the Romans, which is the current Golos, which is the extension of that. But then there are others in which Mitzrayim is one of the four. It's the first and one of the four. How do we explain the, uh, that difference? It would also be whether we con- consider Mitzrayim to be corrupt to its very core essence that even the very concept of something is already contaminated. What does it have to do with this discussion? We are told that the four Goliaths, the four kingdoms under which we were in exile, they correspond to the four letters of Shemavaya, and Golos Mitzrayim is a, uh, corresponds to that little point on top of the Yud, which is the transcendent uh, level. The four uh, let, letters of Shemavaya are Chachma, Bina and uh, Midas, which means the emotional attributes, and Malchus, fun- the, as things translate into the reality. So if we look at it that way, the four Goliaths are the, that correspond to the four letters of Shemavaya, they are the, the, sort of the function of what happens, of what the, the, the Golas attacked Chachma and Bina and Da and uh, Midas and the way we behave, but the but the transcendent level that is not one of the four that is Mitzrayim. So if we see it that way, so then that would be accord, in accordance with what Rabbi Kiva says that the corruption of Mitzrayim reached so deeply that even into the transcendent level to the very core, to the very core of something, meaning it's very, the very idea of something even that was corrupt and therefore there were five makas and therefore Mitzrayim cannot be counted as one of the four because it's not one of the Shemavai it's that transcendent level there is also all of this Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim in these uh, four levels that we talk about in our personal Avedah as well every Yid has to practice Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim 
which means to get out of our own limitations. Everybody has our, we each have our own limitations, and we have to be able to transcend those as well. So that's, we see a similar machlegis between Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Kiva. Now we don't, we, it can be based on this machlegis between Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Kiva, whether the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim has to be only on four levels, the four elemental levels, or does it even connect to that transcendent level? Meaning, Rebbe Lezer holds, holds that there has to be the four levels have to be fixed. We have to get out of limitations on all four levels, which are working our way from down up. <clears throat> the lowest level is Malchus, which represents Machshava Dibiramaisa, the way we function in the world, by doing things, saying things, and thinking things. Which in a nutshell means the Yetzirah tries to get us to do things and say things and think things which are inappropriate, and we have to be able to break out of his limitations and, trend, and bypass him. And sometimes we have true, really great struggles on certain issues which we don't seem to be able to get out of, and that's where we have to practice Ayatzi's Mitzrayim. Then there is a more uh, subtle place, and which is connected to our emotional level, uh, our emotions meaning to say that we don't we wouldn't do an Aveira, so, you know, we would be very careful about doing an Aveira, but everything that we do do, the things that we're permitted to do and the way we live in the world is, what, how does it fit in with what the world thinks, does it fit with the world, do my neighbors think it's okay do my friends think it's okay I'm limited by that because my, emotionally I'm connected to what others think and we need to be able to break out of that as well then there is even a level where I, I've rid myself of thinking what others think, but sometimes it doesn't really fit with the way I see the world, and I see myself, and I find that I can't do this, because I don't, you know, that's not me, that's not how I function. So that is also a limitation that comes from your seichel, and therefore you have to be able to transcend that, you have to have Mitzvah Mitzrayim from that as well. And the fourth level is that there is, which is connected to Mitzvah Nefesh, Chachma is connected to the Sirius Nefesh when a person feels completely um, is ready for self-sacrifice but even that can sometimes be limited and like the Friedrich Rebbe told the story that there was a person that he was reading Shema and he was by Echad he was meditating about Echad Echad is the meditation is what? the Sirius Nefesh I'm ready to give my life for Hashem and then he said my meditation of Echad was almost an entire minute which means he's in a state of meditation about Mesiris Nefesh, but is still watching the clock and timing it, seeing how long it takes, and so on. So in other words, that he's limited even in his commitment to transcendence. Or in a more subtle way, it is that he is he's very much aware that he is now in the mode of Mesiris Nefesh which is contrary to the idea of Mesir's Nefesh, which means escaping your limitations, but he's very much aware that he is in the mode of Mesir's Nefesh, which is a subtle um, Mitzrayim, and therefore you have to be able to escape that. So those are the four levels that Rabbi Leza says that you have to transcend. Rabbi Leza was from a Jewish important family, and so he didn't feel that there was any work needed in order to, to transcend or escape the Mitzrayim of the essence of the soul. Because the essence of the soul is always even when a person sins, the essence of the soul always remains loyal to Hashem. 
So there's no work to be done there. Corruption never leads, uh, never goes there, never reaches there. Rabbi Kiva came from Geirim, which means he knew that there was could be a problem in which you first have to be brought into the fold altogether, which means that even the essence has to be worked with. And as uh, Chassidus explains, that just as essence is so powerful that it's incorruptible, we sometimes find that there is an equal and equally powerful drive in Klippa that a person becomes connected to certain things in Gashmias in Klippa in a way that is inexplicable it's, it's, you can't even explain why he's so connected to this negative thing it doesn't make any sense in other words it reaches down to the core that he's connected to it and you have to be able to escape that you need help to be able to get out of that you need Yitzhiya Mitzrayim from that drive which seems to be almost part of your core the only way to do that is to reach into the core of the Nevesh Olekis to be able to counterbalance that inexplicable drive and Sir Akiva says there's sometimes a need for Yitzhiya Mitzrayim corruption can even reach there but when you do reach into there so then you've elevated every single level of yourself you've brought Yitzhiya Mitzrayim to every part of yourself and that will lead to the ultimate real of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim when we will be physically we will physically leave the Golos the final Golos as the Titus uh, the, the Pasuk says that like the days that you went out of Mitzrayim I will show you wonders in the future as well